Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day, legends. We've got our round nine review this morning. Just a reminder, tomorrow we're going to have our interview with Lance Ohio dropping. New Zealand Warriors legend, a champion bloke with an unbelievable story to tell. Stay tuned for that one tomorrow morning. For now, we've got our round nine review. Let's kick it off. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Round nine, it was a sensational round of footy. A couple of big uh, big score lines put up. A couple of really close games. A couple of just the absolute super superstars of our game that really stood up, including yesterday, Tom Trevojevic. We'll touch on him more later. But the game the game to start the round was, of course, the Melbourne Storm, South Sydney Rabbitohs. And uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs missing a number of troops, obviously, uh, namely Adam Reynolds. A number of other guys out as well that would have a huge impact. And... I mean, Adam Reynolds, his value just keeps going up and up, doesn't it? I mean, off the back of this game, uh, for them to get done 50-0, absolutely massive. Uh, We've all heard the stat. uh, You would have seen it on my page. You've heard it the last few years. Whenever a team concedes 50 points in in a single game, uh, no team has ever gone on to win the Premiership that year. Uh, should be noted that the 2001 Newcastle Knights, they conceded 49 points, still went on to win the Premiership. And for me, uh, as damning as this stat has been, over, you know, the last 20, 30, 118 years, however long rugby league's been around. I think this is the one team that can probably overcome it, to be honest with you. Um, especially with a coach like Wayne Bennett, I think he will just write this week off and he'll move on to the next one. I don't think it'll overly phase him. Sort of makes me think back to Origin 2 last year. Um, you know, the New South Wales Blues, they just ran over Queensland. They absolutely embarrassed them. They looked like there was no coming back from that. And then you saw the scenes in the change room after the game and there's old old Wayne Bennett just sitting there giggling, laughing, smiling to himself. It just doesn't rattle him when these things happen to him and I think he'll pass that on to his players. Uh, look, Adam Reynolds was a huge loss, don't get me wrong. Benji came in. Um, you know, obviously, I, I really don't think Adam Reynolds would have made a huge impact on this game. I think it would have been a little bit closer, but I still think Melbourne would have won if Reynolds was on the field. Uh, but I think the big problem was out on their edges. Obviously, missing Mansour. Uh, you had to move Gagai out of the centres. You had Campbell Gray missing as well, especially that 
that right edge. Obviously, you saw Josh Adokar score a number of tries down that edge. I think he scored six tries. First guy to do it in 70 years, which was unbelievable. It was crazy to see. He scored four at halftime, another two in the last 20 minutes or so. A freakish winger. Uh, I said last week when I was picking my origin teams that I have no doubt whatsoever he's the best winger in our game still. Um, there are guys like Brian To'o who put up unbelievable stats, but Josh Adokar, he just never lets you down. He can turn something into anything, and... You know, he hasn't been doing it for two years. He's been doing it for a number of years now, yeah. Uh, you know, 2017, he won that premiership with Melbourne. Uh, he was unbelievable in that grand final. First and last try score, I remember getting on both of those. So he's just been this sort of talent for a long time. And I think last year in State of Origin, he really showed what he's about. He swapped wings and was fantastic. And people say it doesn't really matter much. I think you're crazy to say that. I think it's so illogical. Uh, I thought he was unreal. Come up against that edge, they were in a little bit of trouble. I believe he took Stephen Masters off about 20 minutes into the game, which was always going to be a worry. We mentioned this in the preview podcast that he has got uh, a lot of defensive issues. Wayne Bennett obviously saw that very quickly, swapped it around, uh, really didn't help in any way, shape, or form. I think this will just be one that the Rabbitohs write off. They'll be back on the horse next week. Uh, I don't think Wayne Bennett will even talk about this one again. Um, for the Melbourne Storm, though, I thought Jerome Hughes, he was unreal. He's having a crazy season. He's having a crazy two or three years, realistically. He's just playing unbelievable lights-out footy at the moment. Uh, Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, this combo, it is unbelievable. I said all off-season that I thought Brandon Smith, uh, sorry, Harry Grant had to be the 80-minute hooker. What they're doing right now, I can't see them changing it. There's a chance Brandon Smith is going to miss a couple of weeks, which would give Harry Grant a really good opportunity to cement this nine jersey, but... I mean, they're going to come out of state of or- the state of origin period. Harry Grant's going to play three games. He's going to do a ridiculous amount of work. There's the potential that he could play 80 minutes um, in all those games. I mean, depending on what they do with their 14 jersey, whether they go a Brimson or they help Grant out and go a Hunt or Mahoney, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But there's a really good chance that Harry Grant, he is going to have a lot of, a lot of petrol taken out of his tank, and I wouldn't be surprised if they keep this rotation up, which isn't great for draft players, especially all of you that I've said, oh, he's going to be an 80-minute hooker. He's going to do it. I just think this combo is working too well. And this just shows the sort of system we've got in Melbourne, that these two potentially could both be the best hooker in the game, but they're happy just to play their roles and get the job done for their team. Sensational to see. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, they are warming up. They're so far from their best still. And they're, you know, they're putting 50 points on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, they're missing a couple of troops. Don't get me wrong, but... I mean, geez, you can only play what's in front of you in the Melbourne Storm. They did an absolute number on them. It was clinical, and I still don't think it was the best footy we could have seen out of Melbourne. Um, you saw Cameron Munster. I think he scored 100 on Supercoach, which was pretty good. Uh, but his kicking game was all over the place as far as goal kicking goes. So if you had Ryan Pappenhausen back in that, you're probably looking at 60 nil realistically. He had an absolute shock. I think he put his sh- shoes on the wrong feet just quietly. Uh, but the Melbourne Storm, they're warming up nicely. I still think they're the team to beat this year. I know everyone loves the Penrith Panthers. We're going to talk about them in a second. But this Melbourne team, they are so far from their best, and they're looking unreal. Uh, the Penrith Panthers, 48-0 over the Cronulla Sharks. Cronulla Sharks think they've lost every game since sacking John Morris. Um, they were 35 minutes away from beating the Sydney Roosters before they sacked John Morris in that huge comeback game that was unbelievable. They're in some serious trouble, the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, you know, we, we've spoken about this for a while, as I just said, but it is not looking great over there. They had to hook Chad Townsend during the game. Um, you know, we've seen this before. I just don't know how it's going to turn around, to be honest with you. I mean, last time we saw Chad hooked, he was a guy that was on his way to winning a premiership. Uh, now he's a guy that's on his way to another club. Going to be very interesting. Matty Moylan came onto the field, didn't really have much impact. Sean Johnson, he's still finding his way back into first grade. Let's be perfectly honest. He calls spade a spade. He's 
very, very far from the Sean Johnson that we saw last year. It is a serious worry for the Cronulla Sharks. They are, they are in a spot of trouble. Penrith Panthers, they just keep doing Penrith Panthers things, don't they? Very impressive system. Um, I just I love the variety they're able to send at you. I, I imagine being a coach coming up against the Penrith Panthers that week it must be a nightmare. What on earth do you prepare them for? There are just so many different shapes and structures that they can throw at you in an absolute split second. That, that's a big difference between the Panthers and the Storm and everyone else. They can fall into shape so quickly, and there's a, so many varieties on what they do. Just just alone on that left edge, Luai, he is just so dangerous, and he is just able to do anything off the top of his head, but all of a sudden, in a split second, You've got Matt Burton, you've got Kikau. They can go unders, overs on each other, and they do it in a split second. There's never any confusion. And if there is any confusion, Jerome Luai spins around and is forced to play off his head, and that's when the Penrith Panthers are at their most dangerous because then they push back up through the middle, they strike down the right side, nothing happens, they swing back to the left, and you know they're not going to fall out of shape two plays in a row. They are just so dangerous. I love what Matty Burton has brought to this side. Him playing at left centre has been unreal. Kick out, I talk about it a lot, but the the extra skill set he's got is just crazy. And then outside them, you've got Brian Toto. He ran for another 200-odd metres on the weekend. He is just an absolute freak. Little Matt Utah Jr., Brian Toto. Absolutely love what he's doing at the moment. Penrith Panthers, they're going along very, very nicely. I think there'll be a few more in Sky Blue this year. Another guy that probably flies under the radar a little bit. Doesn't get appreciated. I had him in my New South Wales Blues team the other day, and I know I'm a huge... I'm a huge Victor Radley fan, have been for a long time, but I just don't think you can leave Isaiah Yo out. I think the, what he's doing in this system right now is fantastic. As I've said, I absolutely love Radley, but he's not playing at the level that Isaiah Yo is right now for me. He looked like he was going to on the weekend, then he got the HIA. You didn't see him return, but I, I think it would be very tough to leave Isaiah Yo out of this team at the moment, especially if you end up with Cleary at seven and potentially having Jerome Luai partner in the six. I think Isaiah Yo is close to a must-have in this side. Uh, they are just floating along very nicely. You have a look at their forwards. I mean, the starting pack, no one played over 62 minutes, yeah? So they're sharing it around. There's a heap of guys on the bench that are ready to come in and play big reps. So they're looking very dangerous. Origin time, I mean, they're going to lose a number of guys, but, I mean, Scotty Sorensen will come in. Liam Martin, Matty Eisenhut, Tyrone May, all these guys. I think they would walk into most footy sides. Tyrone May, he is one of the bigger X-factors in our game. He doesn't get uh, the credit that he deserves, but the, the role that he can play for this Penrith side, and when there are a couple of injuries, the role he can play is going to be sensational. You've still got Matty Burton, which you can move around and replace him with other guys. Brent Naden's still not in this team, so they've just got so much to offer. It's scary, the Penrith Panthers. Further this competition goes on, the more and more it's looking like we're going to have a grand, a grand final replay between the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm, which, as we've spoken about a little bit this year, I mean, it's sort of got that storyline back to 1991 when the Panthers won their first premiership. They took on the Canberra Raiders in 1990. They were the young team coming into this grand final. The experienced Canberra Raiders, they've been there before. They'd done it before. Um, all of these superstar players, you had Mal Meninger and Immortal, uh, the Melbourne Storm team. They obviously had Cameron Smith and Immortal. Uh, and it looks like the stars are aligning for these two to meet in the grand final again, which I think would be sensational. I think it'd be great to see. Obviously, you no know, Cameron Smith. Harry Grant's walked in there, though. Uh, I think it'll be a really exciting grand final. The late game, Friday night. I thought this was one of the games of the week. I thought it was really interesting watch. Parramatta Eels, Sydney Roosters. Um, for me, I, I thought the Parramatta were good. I mean, I had a lot of people message me and say, oh, if they were the Storm, they would have put 50 on them. And look, I understand that argument, but good God, it's a bit irrelevant, isn't it? I mean, 
you, you, if, if a team doesn't put 50 on a team, does that mean they're playing poorly? I mean, I don't really get that. I think that you can win ugly sometimes. I don't think I wouldn't describe this as an ugly win for Parramatta. Yes, the Roosters missing a number of troops. Yeah, you're talking Brett Morris, talking Borg Coyden, a Jake Friend. Blah, blah, blah. But as we've always spoken about with them, they are one of the best systems in rugby league. Guys can come in and do a job there. Yeah, they are always going to perform. And they're not real. Like, I wouldn't say the South Sydney Rabbitohs are a system like that. The Rabbitohs are an unbelievable team. I wouldn't say they're a system like the Roosters right now. And you don't have to be to win a premiership. That's the reality of it. I just think the Roosters, they are dealing really well with what's going on right now. Paramount Eels, I thought they were strong. Um, I really like the way that Mitch Moses is playing at the moment. I know a lot of people want to be critical of him. And he's one of those guys. And I said this to Jackson Hastings a while ago. I said to Jamie Sauer when I had him on. These are all guys that people are going to be critical of regardless of what they do. Mitch Moses, he could win the Dally M, he could win the Clive Churchill, Paramount could win the Grand Final. People would still be critical of Mitch Moses. He's just one of those characters. But I really like the way he's warming up at the moment. I love his kicking game. I thought his kicking game was unreal the other night. You know, it led to so many points. I think he's coming along really nicely. They've obviously changed up their game a little bit. They've sort of got to the same point the last two or three seasons. They look really strong, really good. People are tipping them to win a premiership. They get to finals footy and they just can't compete with those top-tier sides. And, you know, they are doing it at the moment. They're playing really good footage in the regular season. But they were doing this last year as well. So you won't really know what we're going to get from the Paramount Eels until the back end of the season. I thought without Nathan Brown, this is a really good win. Yes, the Roosters were missing more players. I understand that. But without Nathan Brown, that's a big piece that they were missing. You brought Sean Lane in there. Very different footballers. Um... I thought Parramatta did really well to win this one. Bryce Cartwright, his guy I spoke about a lot in the preseason. Uh, very happy to see him doing well. This is the Bryce Cartwright that we know we can get. Um, and I still think it is so far from the potential that we know Bryce has. He's got so much more to offer, it's not even funny. But I really like what he's doing at the moment. He's playing a really good role for that side. He's being reliable and he's being consistent. Um, I saw him around the other day. He seems really happy as well. Uh, spending a lot of time with his kids too, which is sensational to see. Uh, spoke to him on the weekend. He's just so happy with where he's at. So, fingers crossed, Bryce, he can keep trucking the way he is. I think he's been really impressive. Ryan Madison came back in, obviously, uh, looking sensational once again. Good to see Matto back to his best. It was a scary few weeks there, not knowing what was going to happen with Matto. I was sort of starting to think the worst. So, great to see me completely wrong on that. Junior Polo, I thought he was great as well. I think he needs to be playing these big minutes. But I think the Paramount Eels, they're also aware that they need to manage this guy and keep him fresh for the finals. He's probably going to have an origin series as well. So there's going to be a lot of petrol taken out of the tank for Junior Paulo. It's been a big 18 months for him. Uh, So I like the way they're managing him. And I think in the bigger games, you'll see him play more minutes. I thought he was sensational the other night. Reid Marnie just keeps on performing. Love this kid. He's doing unbelievably well. I can't believe how much he's improved. Parramatta Eels, as I've said all along, we won't know until the finals the sort of team they are now. Uh, But at the moment... All signs are looking up. They're looking really great. Obviously, a couple of controversial moments here. Uh, you had James Tedesco getting hit around the head as he sort of fell into a tackle. Um, yeah, interesting to see how this one plays out. You had Dylan Brown as well hurting Drew Hutchinson. I think that'll see Adam Kieran play a bit more minutes there, probably at 5'8". And the way he was goal-kicking on the weekend, I wouldn't be shocked if he keeps it as well. Sam Walker injury there as well, potentially. So, really, it's desperate times for the Sydney Roosters at the moment. They're going to need to get some troops back soon. Hopefully, Lachlan Lamb is able to come back into this system soon. I think Adam Kieran will plug a really good hole. Uh, James Tedesco. 50-odd points in Supercoach. I thought he looked really good until Victor Radley went off. Uh, one of my mates was, was watching that game very closely, has James Tedesco, said that he he thought he was improving until 
Radley went off, but it's a bit of a pun. I, I'm kind of leaning towards if Pappenhausen gets named this week, I think I'll move Teddy to Pappy and just cop the the money that I lose there. Um, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to watch. Okay, the next game, Saturday afternoon, and I thought this was going to be one of the more important games of the season, to be honest with you. The Canberra Raiders and Newcastle Knight. I tipped the Raiders to win this game, and after the 30, first 30 minutes... I've never been more confident. I thought they looked really good, especially in the first 15 minutes. They just kept rolling through them, kicking down the other end. I thought George Williams controlled the Canberra Raiders really well. I thought, oh, they're back. Joshua Parley, he was unbelievable. He was playing fantastic footy. I really did think they were going to get the job done there. And then they just let the Knights just creep back into it. And it's just, I mean... The Canberra Raiders of two two years ago, the Canberra Raiders of a year ago, they never would have let the Knights back into this game. It was so disappointing to watch. I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, I thought for the Knights, I thought um, uh, apart from a quiet first half, I thought Kalen Pongham was pretty good. Um, I thought Tyson Brazil was unreal the entire game. Braley scored late as well. But I, I just at halftime, I just thought the Canberra Raiders were going to cruise here. I think it was 16-0 at halftime. Uh, it ended up being 24-0 in the second half. So an absolute capitulation from the Canberra Raiders, and it just opens more questions about this side and what Ricky Stewart's doing down there. There has to be some serious worries going on. I mean, you hear all the external voices of all the wives and everything, and you don't want to read too much into it. But then when you drop 16-0, and you know what? Last week when they lost to the Bunnies, George Williams got ruled out in the minutes before the game. I understand that was really tough. This game, I'm sorry. What excuses are there? You brought back in Josh Papali. He played his best footy he's played so far this year. I just... A serious worry. They did have a couple of injuries. I understand that. They led 16-0. This is what this Canberra team has been built on for so many years, just hanging in the battle. And they just weren't able to compete. It was so disappointing to concede. What, three tries in the last 20 minutes to lose this game? Very disappointing. And, I mean, this Knights team... You know, they're not going well themselves. They're going like a busted. They weren't playing the Melbourne Storm, Sydney Roosters, Penrith Panthers, these sort of sides. Newcastle Knights, without Mitchell Pearce. They've been going terribly lately. Very disappointing from the Canberra Raiders. I don't know where to go from here. It is... I've got no idea, to be honest with you. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that system right now just to see what's going on. We had John Bateman talk out over the last 24 hours about how there's leaks and everything from inside the system, and he always used to say to Ricky Stewart, what the hell is going on here? And it was sort of just shrug of the shoulders sort of stuff. So I don't know what you want to read into with all this, but I cannot work out the Raiders, and I'm so disappointed by what they're putting out. For the Newcastle Knights, I guess one thing to note, especially for us super coach players, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon returned, and... I cannot believe how this played out. Fitzgibbon essentially played 80 minutes, I believe. Um, And then you saw limited minutes to both Connor Watson and to Mitch Barnett. You know, some of our favourites in Supercoach this year, especially, they've just been unreal. I Yeah, I, I would have never seen this coming, to be honest with you. I can't believe how many minutes... Lachlan Fitzgibbon played. Played 65 minutes. Sorry, not 80. Played 65 minutes. Connor Watson only knocked out 40. Barnett only knocked out 44. I could understand if one of Barnett or Watson lost minutes, but for them both to play so many less minutes, a big worry. I think Mitch Barnett has to be a sell now. I think he will go, especially after they win. If they potentially lose that game, maybe a different story, but... Um, a serious worry. Connor Watson, I love. At least he's got a little bit more X factor. If Barnett's only playing 45 minutes, I think he has to be a sell. Uh, Watson, ideally, you want to sell as well. You could be looking this week now that if Brandon Smith is suspended for two weeks or so, you could be looking 
at a Harry Grant. Obviously, doesn't play round 13, though. So you've got some decisions to make there. But this is so far from ideal because if you're going to hold Barnett and Watson until until we get to round 13 where they will play minutes, I mean, they could lose so much of their value by then. You're not going to want them after round 13. Considering I'm doing reasonably well in Supercoach, I'm sort of thinking I might not go as hard in round 13 as what I was previously going to go. I don't know. I've got some hard decisions to make there, but this Lachlan Fitzgibbon coming back in, I'm not sure if it could come at a worse time, to be perfectly honest with you. Just one to keep an eye on for super coaches. The next game on Saturday, the Titans and the West Tigers. We tipped the Gold Coast Titans here. They got the job done 36-28. A really high-scoring match, really exciting. Titans, jeez, they know how to start fast, don't they? I almost had a seizure there. Start fast. Uh, 18-0 after 15 minutes. They just flew out of the gates. They were unreal. Unfortunately, they let the Tigers back into it once again. And this is my big worry with the Gold Coast Titans. They fade in and out of games. It's an absolute nightmare. If I was their coach, it would be killing me. Um, uh, for, for the Tigers, I thought Adam, Adam Dwayne, he, he looks sensational. He is playing unreal footy. Luke Brooks, I don't know. It, it's like he's not out there at the moment. It, it's a bit weird watching the Tigers. I think they've got so much more upside in them, but they just can't find consistency they just can't do it. I was talking to a mate last week about the Tigers, and he essentially said to me, "Look, they won last week. They're going to lose this week. They're not going to put two and you know t- t- two wins on the trot together." And geez, it's, it's getting hard to argue with, isn't it? Michael Maguire, he must be pulling his hair out over there. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I thought Tana Boyd, he looked really good. He's a guy I've always really liked. He's always had a combination with David Fafita growing up. I think they played club, school, state, and then. Um, Aussie schoolboys together, so a very, very impressive little combination there that they've always had. I believe, are they Palm Beach Corumban boys? I believe they are. I'd have to check that, or, or, or they might be Keebra boys, sorry. Whichever school they went to, they, they came through together. I remember watching them at schoolboy level. Very impressive then. I really do like Tana Boyd. I think he's been unlucky so far in his career. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting how, how long Ash Taylor's out for. I'm not exactly sure. But Tana Boyd, he's a guy you, you could come to look at. Andrew, uh, David Fafita, another incredible score, considering he got sinbinned as well. Very, very impressive. I've always been a little bit skeptical as him as a straight-out super coach captain. I know a lot of people are very keen on him. Uh, I just struggle to to trust him week in, week out because of the way he fades out of games. But he keeps on producing. I mean, he almost scored 100 with a sinbin. And, you know, incredibly impressive. Um, so he's a guy that, obviously, you know, if you were like me and you're not sure, convinced on him being a captain week in, week out, I think you've got to start to look at him realistically. I went Cleary this week. I was pretty happy with that. I was shocked that he got downgraded. Uh, but we already spoke about the Panthers. Um, Jake Simpkin scored his first try. Uh, I said a couple of weeks ago, this kid's got too much of a good running game not to score a try eventually. He scored a try. He still only got 55 points. So... Uh, that one really does hurt. I thought he would score more than that. you got Jacob Little on the bench. Once again, they lost, though. You might see changes again. Michael McGuire, he's going to have to do something because oh, I don't know how he get, gets a response out of these guys. you got Billy Walters. He's playing reserve grade at the moment. He's a guy that could come into calculations as well, um, but I'm not sure how he's going to deal with this. I, I feel really... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
really sorry for him. He's in a tough situation. Cowboys-Broncos was the last game on Saturday. Really cracking game. Uh, just like the Cowboys and Broncos games of, of a few years ago. Got to 18-all. Uh, very entertaining game. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, you obviously had Taumalolo. He returned. He was unbelievable. Uh, I, I love what I saw from Taumalolo. He scored a really important try in this game to get the Cowboys back into it in the 74th minute. A massive try. I think you need to remember in about the 72nd minute, he dropped an absolute sitter in the Broncos red zone and it looked like it would kill all momentum. And this is where you see champion players doing champion things. Tamalolo dropped that ball, absolute setter, so disappointing. Came back to win the game for them. You love to see that from him. Uh, there was a Kyle Felt try. He scored in the opening two or three minutes. That was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that. I advise you go and have a look at that. It was unreal. Uh, for him to get his hand around, I don't even know how he knew where the try line was. He is just born to score tries. Kyle Felt, say what you want about him. I, I know defensively there are issues, but wow, he can find the try line. An incredible footballer. Another guy that can find the try line, Xavier Coates. He was the first try scorer for the Brisbane Broncos. Very impressive as well. A couple of young guys that impressed me from the Broncos and I mean, here we are. We were talking about this three years ago. A couple of young forwards that impress us and hasn't really come to anything yet, but fingers crossed they're starting to turn it around. I thought this was a really good performance, but Reese Kennedy, he obviously scored a try. I thought he was really impressive. Another one that I really like, Ethan Bullimore. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Matt Gillette. His leg speed through the middle is unreal. I think they said he was their fastest player at the Broncos a few weeks ago. And um, whilst I find that hard to believe as a back row, my God, he can move. I love having guys like him. His leg through, speed through the middle is really dangerous. I love his extra efforts. Uh, I think there was a few people that commented to me on the last play that he wasn't uh, he wasn't really on Val Holmes like he should be. And look, I, I understand that, but I think the guy was out on his feet. The ball went to the right. It came back to the left off a two-pass year. I, I don't think he was even expecting them to take a field goal. But uh, it's those little extra effort things he's got to work on. He reminds me a lot of Matt Gillette, to be honest with you, uh, which is very high praise. Uh, as I said, Tamalolo. Had that drop ball into the try, 230 metres, five tackle breaks. This is coming off, what, two broken hands in two and a half months. So very impressive for Tamalolo. Good to see him back to his very best footy. I love the passion from Tyson Gamble again. I love how he was getting up in their face. And you know what? He didn't get the cookies this week, and I understand that. And you can bag him for having passion when he loses or whatever the hell you want. I, I, I think it's dribble. But I love the way that this kid goes in the game. He genuinely, he genuinely wants to put pride back into that jersey. He genuinely wants to win each and every week. I love to see it from Tyson Gamble. Very entertaining. Uh, Val Holmes hit the field goal at the end. This is what they paid him the money for. Yeah, he's got to be a clutch player, and he really did deliver in this moment. It was a bit of a frantic field goal. It went out to the right, came back on a two-pass, and you know he didn't even have time to think about it. And you know Sometimes that's the best scenario for, for these field goal kickers when you don't have time to overthink it. He just got the ball, snapped it, hit it beautifully. Uh, big win for the Cowboys there. Broncos are looking for two in a row. I tipped them to win that game. Uh, a little bit disappointing there. I thought they did enough to win it, but you know you get down to the back end of those games, and this is what the Cowboys have struggled with for a couple of weeks, really closing it out at the back end. I thought they did really well against the Broncos, uh, but I wouldn't criticize the Broncos too heavily in this one. I thought they did really well. Sunday afternoon kicked off at 2pm I believe over at Lotto Land and you had the Tom Travoyevich so he was unbelievable this might be 
one of, if not the best individual performance I've seen by a player. I wouldn't go as far to say it is the best individual performance I've ever seen, but it has to be right up there. We spoke to Tony Durkin the other day, and he was talking about when he was working at Rugby League Week, he used to give player rankings for every single player for every single game. He only gave out one 10. That was to Brad Fittler in a test match. There was only a handful of 10s that were given out over the time. I think Joey had one or two. I think he had one against the Raiders. Brett Kamali got one one day. Jeez, I think it would have been hard to leave Tom Travojevic out of getting a 10 in this game. He was unbelievable. Stats alone, two tries, four tries, five line breaks, three line break assists, eight tackle breaks. I'm I'm not sure if you all remember or did watch him when he was playing Toyota Cup a couple of years ago, but this is what it reminded me of. He was just too good for this arena. It was unbelievable. He's got his first two tries in 11 minutes. I think he was on like 130 or something at halftime in Supercoach. Finished on 190-odd, I believe. Uh, the updates have come in. I think he got downgraded a little bit. Uh, it, it looked like he was going to break the, the, the Supercoach record for all money. I think he needed something like 10 points in the last 20 minutes or so. He ended up on 191, so incredibly impressive from him. He is just an absolute freak. Well, I, I did a podcast on him the other day comparing his numbers to Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns, and as quite often happens, you know, when I was talking about Benji the other day, Benji's a real idol to a lot of people, so people get really defensive over it when you just talk about the facts. Same as Freddie, same as Joey. I love both of those guys. When you look at the facts, though, Tom Travojevic, he's right up there as being as influential as these guys. And I think you saw it yesterday once again. As much as we love legends and we want to protect the legends and the guys we grew up with respecting so much, you've got to appreciate what Tom Travojevic is doing at the moment. He has just been unbelievable. I mean... Jason Saab, he, he's looked like an absolute bustard for the first eight weeks of the season. All of a sudden, Tom Travojevic walks into the game. Jason Saab looks like an absolute superstar. Uh, another guy I want to mention is Morgan Harper, their centre. I think he's a sensational player, a guy that I really love. And you're starting to see Tom Travojevic also bring the best out in Jake. I think he's been really improved the last few weeks. Same as Ruben Garrick, same as DCA. He just gets the best out of the guys around him, and that's what elevated Guys like Joey and Freddie, it is just so impressive. Um, for the New Zealand Warriors, I mean, you've got to give credit to the Warriors. They came up against potentially the best Tom Travojevic we've ever seen. They lost by six. Yeah? And we all know that when Tom Travojevic walks back into this manly side, their defense improves out of sight as well. They just gain confidence from it. New Zealand still managed to score 32 points. Chanel Harris-Tavita came in. These guys haven't played together in six or seven weeks. Still scored 32 points. You've got to give the Warriors credit for what they're doing. I mean, a few years ago, five or six years ago, the New Zealand Warriors, probably any time except now in 2002, essentially, if the New Zealand Warriors came up against the best player in the competition on his best day, mate, the they, they pack up their kit and they go home. It's done. For them to still score 32 points and hang in this contest, I thought it was unreal. I thought Roger was great. Chanel Harris-Tavita, as I said, he returned. He scored two tries. He was sensational. Thought Nick Arima, he was probably best on ground. He was very impressive, along with Tohu Harris. All the work that he usually does, scored a try, laid on another one. The one that he laid on was a sensational offload. Um, the Warriors, they are just so resilient. You cannot possibly bag them for losing this game, I don't think. I don't think any team ever probably would have beaten Manly yesterday the way Tom Travojevic was playing. The Manly Seagulls, they hung in there. They only lost by six. They still scored 32 points. Their defense, obviously a huge worry, but fuck, when this guy is on Tom Travojevic, I don't know how you stop him short of getting a sledgehammer out there. So a lot of respect to the Warriors. They are so resilient. I think we spoke about this last week. They're the most resilient we've ever seen, the New Zealand Warriors, and you've got to have respect for what they're doing at the moment, considering the circumstances they are playing under. It is incredibly impressive. The last game of the week, Dragons versus the Canterbury Bulldogs, another game that 
Uh, we expected the Dragons to win. Could have gone either way. I don't trust either side at all. Uh, but Canterbury, they're in a bit of trouble. Obviously, 32-12. to 12. Bulldogs scored 12 points once the game was essentially out of touch for them. Um, I think it was 26-0 or something when they scored their two tries. So, you know, very disappointing. I must say, though, it was 6-0 until like the 50th minute or something. So Canterbury, they hung in there. But the, once again, we talk about that word for the New Zealand Warriors being resilient. The Canterbury Bulldogs, mate, once the floodgates opened, good luck stopping them. It was just tries were just coming left, right, and center for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I think the Bulldogs, probably lucky they weren't playing a better side, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if the Dragons are back to their best. I don't think you can really read much into it. I thought Bird, Dufty, Hunt, they were really good. I thought Josh Maguire was sensational. He's another smoky guy to consider for your super coach teams this week, and another guy to potentially bring in. Uh, will play round 13. Scoring really well at the moment, playing really Really good minutes. Um, you know, I don't think there's anyone that's going to make the State of Origin sides out of the Dragons. It'd be great if Paul Vaughan could get a smoky, but I don't think he's any hope. But even if Josh McGuire just holds the minute he's, minutes he's holding now, going to be very impressive. Another guy was Blake Laurie, a guy that I had in a lot of my Supercoach teams. He started so slow, I had to drop him in everything. Back to his very best yesterday, played some sensational footy. So, Dragons, I don't think they're back. They are improving, but I don't know how much you read into this Canterbury game. They obviously, another halfback got hooked, Kyle Flanagan. He got to come back on in this game uh, when the other fella got got injured. Um, Lachlan Lewis off the bench, but Flano, yeah, he's just in a bit of all sorts at the moment. I, It's going to be a tough year for them. Hopefully, whatever happens this year with Canterbury as we move forward, it doesn't have a big impact on next year because they're going to have guys arrive. They're going to have Josh Adokar arrive. They're going to have Matty Burton, a couple of fellas that I think will make a big difference. So hopefully the scars, they don't go too deep from this year. Uh, shout out to Amoni from the Dragons. He obviously played 5-8 in the SG Ball Grand Final last week. I think he got player of the tournament as well. Um, I only saw him play once. He was reasonably quiet that day, to be fair. Uh, but the reports I've heard from everyone else is that this kid is an absolute superstar. Obviously played in this game. Scored a try in his first grade debut off the bench after playing SG Ball Grand Final seven days ago. Incredibly impressive. This kid's got a big future. You love to see kids stepping onto the big stage and lighting it up like this. Round nine, it was an absolute cracker. Tom Travojevic was probably the headline, but for me, the Melbourne Storm, the Penrith Panthers, they're still standing out for me. It's hard not to see these two meeting in the grand final. Hopefully we do see it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you're one of these other sides like the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Parramatta Eels, and you're on the and you know, if for, for whatever reason the Melbourne Storm and the Panthers, they end up on the same side of the draw in the finals and they play each other in the prelim, wow, it's going to be a really good opportunity for someone else to take them on in the grand final. Because who, if these Penrith Panthers and this Storm team, if they end up on the same side of the draw, they're going to have to win two grand finals in a row, essentially, to lift this trophy. So there is opportunity there for other teams, but no one else is really grabbing it at the moment. Parramatta, probably the next best. The Roosters, up until last week, hanging in there really well, missing a number of troops. So you've got the Raiders that seem to have fallen off a cliff. Newcastle Knights, I don't know what's going on there. It is really hard to get a read on the rest of this competition. 50-0, Melbourne Storm over the Bunnies. Don't rule South Sydney out yet. As much as history says they can't win it, I think they're the best team ever to lose by 50 points, to be perfectly honest with you. So keep an eye on them. Wayne Bennett, it'll be like water off a duck's back to him. Really excited for round 10. I believe it's magic round. Uh, going to be a really exciting week. Fingers crossed a lot of you are getting up there for it. I wish I was. Uh, it's going to be a sensational week. Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 